You're listening to the Elevate Your Brand podcast, where we talk to some of the smartest entrepreneurs and fastest growing brands in the market today. I'm your host, Laurel Mintz, a reformed corporate M&A attorney who founded award-winning LA-based marketing agency, Elevate My Brand. We've elevated some of the world's biggest brands from Facebook, Paw Patrol, and Verizon to innovative startups you haven't even heard of yet. Are you ready to elevate your brand? Keep listening. and welcome back to another episode of Elevate Your Brand. I, of course, am your host, Laurel Mintz, and I am joined today by Stacey Lee, who is the CEO, and Tiffany Yang, who is the CMO of Sweetie Ice Cream. Ladies, thank you for joining us today. Yeah, thanks so much for having us. Thanks for having us. Well, I really am more thankful that you are on the podcast because when those sweet treats showed up, I was all about it. I am such a huge fan of um, of mochi and the flavor profiles that you guys have are so much fun. But tell us a little bit about the company, how you started up and give us a bit of a history. Um, yeah, so I will go ahead and jump in. So um, my mother and grandmother um, started us on this journey um, in the late 70s when they opened an ice cream parlor um, in their neighborhood of Monterey Park, California. They um, started this ice cream parlor in order to cater to the growing Asian American community, um, but they couldn't find any of the Asian ice cream flavors that they had grown up with, like mm-hmm. red bean and taro and green tea. So our family got into the business of making ice cream. Um It turns out we weren't the only ones who were craving these flavors. And before we knew it, our ice cream and our popsicles were in Asian grocery stores across the entire country. Um, Yeah. Uh, Tiffany and I actually, we uh, remember growing up in the ice cream factory, uh, helping to like pack orders and... um, yeah, we would skim ice cream from the machines. Probably not so legit these days. Definitely not. <laughs> I won't tell anyone. And also, don't have children working in your place. Oh, true, true, true. Yeah. It's, I was saying to Stacy, I was like, "Oh yeah, I can't believe they let me run that popsicle stick machine and you know push you around in an office chair in a manufacturing plant." <laughs> but that's what we did back in the day. Yeah. I didn't realize um, you guys had such history. That's amazing that your family, you know, your roots really are in ice cream. That's incredible. Yeah. So I'd say that we're definitely, we're, we're very much rooted in our community and our Asian American heritage. Um, and that's kind of why we're here and where we draw a lot of our inspiration from. Um, so I, I love to hear that you, um, were really excited about our flavors um, because that's something that we felt like wasn't out in the market as much um, mm-hmm. and wanted to kind of expose the general public to more. Yeah. I, I mean, I'm a big mochi fan. And so we either, 
we either have sushi at home or we make sushi. We do a Korean version of sushi where we do like little bites and you make little tacos. And we're always looking for a great dessert option. And mochi is the best option other than fruit um, to go with a light meal like that. So when you guys got to had delivered that, it was a perfect, it was right on at the weekend mark and it was, it ended up being dessert for our, um, our whole group, our whole crew, which was really fun. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so tell us, since we're on the flavor conversation, let's talk about the flavor profiles and what makes you so uniquely different. Yeah. So, um, our flavor profiles, we we try to lean into some of the flavors that we grew up with as um, Asian, Asian Americans in Southern California. So um, we have a red bean flavor, which is rooted in like our grandmother's recipes. Um, it's a very growing, traditional flavor. Mm-hmm. Very traditional flavor. Um there was a period of time when Tiff had first moved to the United States where we actually lived together um, and our grandmothers would cook the red bean in these giant pressure cookers like in our house. So Mm -hmm. that flavor profile and the, the smells and everything just really bring us back to our childhood. And it was really important. Um, Even though it's not definitely not one of our most popular flavors it was a flavor that it was really important for us to um, to make. Yeah, it's one of those flavors that if you grew up with it, which I actually did also being from Southern California, um, you know, I was very, my mom was very into um, Asian food and really taught me and my sister to appreciate it at a very young age. So to me, even though it's not part of my, you know, true heritage, I taste those flavors and it does remind me of my childhood, which I know is a little strange, but that's exactly what I thought when I took a bite of the, of the flavor of the red bean. Oh, so wonderful. I absolutely love that. And so you have this incredible history of uh, ice cream in the family. At what point did the two of you reconnect and decide, well, hey, we're going to launch a mochi company? I mean, it's, a, it's, it's not a huge leap, but it's certainly a leap. Yeah. You know, it's, it, I think the timing um, was essentially it. I think this is maybe four or five years ago when the older generation in the family kind of felt like they wanted to take a step back and it made sense. They were in their late sixties and early seventies. And um, I think they had, you know, wanted to potentially shut down the company. And I think between Stacy and myself and Stacy's brother, Sean, we just have such um, nostalgia around Sweetie. We have such fond memories of working together as kids um, on this business that we thought, gosh, like this is such a shame to just let it go. And it was also at a mm-hmm. time where um, mochi ice cream was, was, I guess, having a somewhat of a resurgence or just is breaking out in mainstream. Having a mochi moment. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. And we thought, well, we have a great opportunity. We have a fantastic product. Um, we should just have a go at it and see what happens. And so we all left our corporate jobs and decided to jump into entrepreneurship and kind of resuscitate or, you know, revive the family business. Um, yeah, it was definitely a full circle moment. We rebranded, uh, updated packaging, kind of basically gave the company our our own take. And, mm-hmm. uh, and here we are. I think that part of it for us was that um, 
we had always been in the Asian grocery stores and we felt like our product had something to offer to a broader audience between the flavors and the quality. Um, and yeah, we just, a big part of what we're doing is that we just really wanted to bring our family's recipes and our perspective um, to to everyone. And did your family think you were nuts or were they like instantly excited that you were taking this on and um, running with it? I think there was a mix. Like, <laughs> because like, so like, um, I like you in a previous life was a practicing attorney. Um, my brother, Sean, uh, worked in finance, in banking, and Tiff had worked for all these big companies um, in their marketing departments. And so we all left like stable, big jobs, benefits. Mm. Um, and so, yeah, I think our parents were a little bit like, you're you're doing what now? Like, I think there's sort of like, there's sort of like the immigrant um, experience and mindset where they're kind of like, hey, we did all this so you could do like, you could have a more like stable, like professional career. Mm -hmm. um, you don't have to do this. Like you guys have all of these degrees and skill sets. Like, why do you want to go back to making ice cream? I totally received that. Like, I think Asian and Jewish parents are very, very similar because when I decided to launch the marketing agency, my parents were like, but you're, but you're a lawyer. I don't understand. Totally. <laughs> I'm like, I just don't get it. You're a lawyer or a doctor and that's it. Right. So funny. And so your, did you say your brother also stepped into the company to run it with you? Yeah. So um, my brother, Sean, um, he, yeah, he worked in finance. He, um got an MBA from UCLA um, and he kind of handles our like ops finance side of things. I love that. You literally keeping it in the family. That's so fantastic. Well, as I said, I was a big fan uh, when I tried the flavors and um, my husband and I just sat on our couch, just testing, taking a little bite out of each flavor to decide which one we liked the best. And we actually couldn't even make up our minds. Although I have to say the mango is, mm, it's so divine. It's really one of my favorites. Um, but let's, uh, let's talk about some of the lessons you've learned along the way, but we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, it's me again, Laurel Mintz, host of Elevate Your Brand podcast and the CEO of Elevate My Brand. In these wild times, social media is really having its moment. According to the Harris Poll, upwards of 51% of U.S. adults are using social media now more than ever. In other words, your brand better step up its social media game ASAP. Good thing we're pros at social media marketing here at EMB. If you're ready to elevate your brand, slide into our DMs or give us a call after this episode. Thanks for sticking with us. And if you're just tuning in, I am chatting with Stacey Lee and Tiffany Yang, who are, is the, who are the CEO and CMO, uh, respectfully, of Sweetie Ice Cream. Um, before the break, you were telling us about the big leap that you took and everyone stepped down from their cushy corporate jobs to launch Sweetie Ice Cream. What are some of the big lessons you've learned along the way? I think a big one for us is that to, it's, it's kind of cheesy, but to just kind of believe in yourselves. Like, I don't <laughs> think that 
I think that we had hoped that the business would take off, but I, I don't think we believed that we would be where we are today already. Like, sweetie, we relaunched in March of 2020, right in the beginning of the pandemic. Um, and within our first two years on market, um, we hit over eight million in sales revenue. What? What? Wait, we need to repeat that one more time. That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. Um, sometimes I feel like we have to pinch ourselves as well. Um, yeah, we just part of it was that I think we, I mean, we had a good product and we had so much fun doing the branding. So we created something that really spoke to us and I think ended up resonating with other people as well. Um, and then we just pretty much banged on like every single door of all the retailers. Um, and yeah, we are now in some huge national retailers like Walmart. Wow, that's incredible. And so what what was the less, I mean, that's very unusual. Um, do you think that was a combination of just the market needing the product, your tenacity in in pitching it? Like, what do you think the sweet spot, no, no pun intended, or the sweetie spot, I should say, was in that <laughs> formula? I mean, I feel like it, it really is a combination of both us having a great product, um, having a family uh, origin story that is, um, you know, very much rooted in who we are and who our product, um, it, what our product represents. Mm -hmm. And uh, the fact that we are persistent and adaptable, I think it was really kind of this perfect storm. Um, and when the opportunity presented itself, we were we were ready to take it. How challenging was that? I mean, the volume that that kind of revenue requires in, on, from an operation standpoint, from a production standpoint, um, is massive. How were you able to scale up so quickly? Yeah, that, I think that was one of those things that just took a lot of adaptability on mm -hmm. on our end. Um, and I think that's also just a huge lesson for for folks wanting to enter the the startup or kind of, you know, to start the journey to be entrepreneurs. Um, I don't think anybody would have expected uh, the pandemic to hit when it did. And so us having to ramp up production compounded by supply chain issues, um, massive cost increases, it's, it felt like really just drinking from a fire hose every single day, tackling mm -hmm. new problems. Um, yeah, for us, it's just, it's like, okay, sitting down and thinking about, okay, how, how do we solve this problem for today? Does it work? Like, you know, does the solution work for right now? Great. Like, let's, I think none of us expected perfection. It's, it's figuring out the problem, problems as we go. And I think having an open line of communication between all three of us is also incredibly important. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think that that's a big thing for us that, yeah, Tiffany, Sean, and I, we just have each brought like a unique skill set to this business. And we've also worked incredibly well together. It's just a really, really supportive partnership between the three of us. 
Um, and so when even when things were really crazy, I think that we were able to ground each other um, and support each other through problem solving pretty much everything that came up. I mean, I, I, I give you so much credit for doing that. And it's also important to recognize like that killed a lot of companies during the pandemic. I mean, you just mentioned scalability, you mentioned operational efficiencies, you mentioned supply chain issues. There was a lot of companies that 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 did not survive because of those issues. Do you think it was the trifecta of the three of you or, or uh, something else that ensured the success of this particular company? I think it was the trifecta of the three of us. I think that there were I think that there were plenty of moments where each of each one of us was like full blown. Like I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Meltdown. <laughs> like totally like this is crazy. Like, what are we supposed to do about this? But I think that maybe each, we all took turns in the freak out seat. And then like yeah, we all because like I was I just had a baby too. It was yeah, we just we've I think that if there's a takeaway for for me, I'd say um, be really thoughtful with who you decide to go into business with because right. I mean, no, really though, it's like we I think that a big thing is that we have we have fun doing what we're doing. We love working together and like our skill sets really complement each other. Yeah, you really do have that triad of marketing, C-suite, executive, finance. I mean, that is, that's really foundational and legal, what you need to build a smart company. Um, wow, that's incredible. Um, I also want to double click into with you, Tiffany, around the narrative, because you've talked about that a couple times already on the podcast. And I, you know, as you know, I run a marketing agency and we believe storytelling is everything. And you can have a great product, but if you don't have the storyline and the narrative behind it and it doesn't resonate with your audience, then usually that's not a successful product. So how did you craft your narrative? I mean, obviously you have this incredible heritage and history in this particular space, but um, evolving that and rebranding and all of that had to have been really challenging. Can you just speak on that a little bit? Absolutely. I think it's I think it's one of those things where it really just came down to our roots and it wasn't, it felt like it was both storytelling, but also truth telling. And that um, these were, you know, the, the love of ice cream, the love of flavors. Uh, this was always something that we've had growing up. I think it's just, you know, from all of our family gatherings, it's this language and um, love of food was something that was really innate in all of us. And I think, you know, we also happen to be living in a moment where consumers are very much paying attention to who it is behind um, mm -hmm. the products that they choose to select off the shelf, right? Like you are, and in fact, you know, voting with your money. And we just happen to be a business that's really run by real people. And we are the ones um, answering every email, overseeing production runs. Like we have our own uh, production facility. So, you know, we, I mean, we oversee all of the facets of our business. And I think there is just a reality to that, that, you know, that is often not the case when you choose to buy from bigger brands. And I think that right. is very unique to Sweetie. And 
I hope that it comes through um, in our branding and the stories that we tell around around our mochi. And it, you know, we're very thoughtful when it comes to creating flavors um, and choosing the ingredients and you know who we want to source from and all of those. You know, we choose to when we can like buy from small businesses, support small agriculture in the state of California, and so those. Um, issues are incredibly important to us. And, you know, I hope that comes through and in the stories that we tell about our business. It certainly comes through uh, in the brand. It certainly comes through in the flavor profiles. But I also just want to give you kudos because I think you've walked a fine line with the old and the new. Because I, I think your point, like that narrative, the heritage, the history has to inherently be a part of what makes this brand successful because it's it's part of your value set. It's part of who you foundationally are as a founding team. But you also want to speak to the future audience, the future consumer, the modern uh, consumer as well. And I think you've done a really great uh, job of kind of balancing those two um, in an effective way. So, you know, I'm all about marketing and I think you've done a really great job. Thank you. I mean, I think it's fantastic that, um, you know, all three of us have a a design eye, so to speak. Like we know what we like and we are often in agreement with each other. And so it was a pretty easy design process. Like, you know, when it came to um, reinvigorating that brand package, we knew that because we were a hundred percent bootstrapped, our package had to work really hard for us on shelf and vibrant colors brand blocking that was incredibly important because you know we don't have the same amount of um funding compared to the the big companies to really get our name out there and so we our our packages had to really just entice people off the shelves and i mean we're lucky to work in mochi ice cream right it's <laughs> not a tough not that challenging of a category to convince people to try <laughs> you know we really had to infuse that into into our brand and our packaging. Yeah, I love that. We're gonna take another quick break. We'll be right back. Hi guys, me again. I wanted to take a quick break to tell you more about our award-winning agency, Elevate My Brand. We're a full service digital and experiential agency, meaning we do it all. From event management to content creation, branding, web design, social media, you name it, we got you. We're a small and scrappy team of both data nerds and quirky creatives, and we're here to make you look good. After this episode, let's chat about how we can elevate your brand and take you to the next level. Thanks for sticking with us, chatting with the Sweetie Ice Cream team. Uh, before the break, we were talking a bit about packaging and the rebrand and how it had to be really true to you and your heritage, but also stand out on shelf and really do the work. Um, and that you were all super aligned on what that visually would look like. And I do think it really resonates. I also want to double click for a quick second into the fact that when you guys launched, it was a really challenging time, but also a really great time because consumers, as you said, were voting with their dollars and making decisions based on understanding who the teams were behind the brands. And especially during the pandemic, when a lot of us didn't have access to the traditional brands that we would have bought off shelf had we been in store, there was this really strange movement. And we saw this with a lot of our startup brands where people were and still are very willing to try what's new and next. So I just think it was a perfect storm 
Um, and then as we said, mochi as a category is just, I mean, it's even fun to say. It's such a fun category. Ice cream is such a fun, playful, nostalgic category. Um, it's just, it's fantastic. And, and and then of course, all of the hard work, of course, that you put into the rebrand and getting it out to the masses clearly has been incredibly successful. So again, just kudos to the team. Um, can you share with us uh, a challenge that you faced along the way or a, a, a moment of when you fell down and you didn't think you were going to get back up and how you overcame that? There have been a lot, so I'm trying to think of <laughs> I get that. And I think that's why we want to share, you know, I think listeners listen in because they want to hear the grassroots. They want to hear the gritty nature of being an entrepreneur. We see that you're a successful brand, but I want to share, you know, with our audience how you got there and that it's not all peaches and cream or peaches and red bean. <laughs> To be brutally honest, um, some of the family business piece was a little bit challenging for us in the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of touched upon the question of, oh, how did your families feel about this? And I think that um, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that um, our efforts to try to balance the old and the new um, come across and that's something that you picked up on because that's something we have worked really, really hard on of trying to make sure that we honor um, the roots of this company while also moving the brand into, I guess, a a broader audience. and that was that was that was definitely a process and there were times where i think my parents in particular were like i don't really get the branding and like what what are you guys doing um <laughs> oh my goodness yeah family can always be challenging when you're in a startup land and it's so funny cuz you you kind of like assume that they're going to be the most supportive because they're your family but ultimately I find that they're the most critical and you have to like move past that and prove them wrong. And it actually is a driver for a lot of um, founders to like show their parents, like, look at what I did. Even though you you doubted me, you thought maybe this wasn't going to be the right fit. Like I showed you and I did it and I did it for you. Ultimately, it's just it's such a, families are just such weird dynamics, especially yeah. when you're creating a brand and products that like is an homage. Yeah. I think it's definitely a combination. Like I think they're both are biggest supporters and our biggest critics at the same time. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I mean, because I think they want us to be successful. Um, But I think with a brand like this, um, our our parents accomplished incredible things. They Mm -hmm. came to the United States without a lot to their name and they built a business. And they built a very successful business. And we really just wanted to build upon that. Um, But yeah, that was definitely just a challenge. And I think that once, once we really hit our stride, they were like, they, they're super proud of us. Um, Yay. Well, ultimately it's all about driving you to be your best, which is why parents push. (laughs) Right. Yeah. yeah. In the last few minutes we have left, we do what we call quick fire. So these are more personal questions. Um, We'll go Stacey, Tiffany, Stacey, Tiffany until we're done. Um, Because again, I think 
a lot of entrepreneurs and entrepreneurs listening in, they want to see who you are as a human. And as you said about the brand, people buy, you know, they vote with their dollars and they want to buy from people that they see themselves in and that they want to support. So this is our moment for uh, bringing humanity to entrepreneurship. So let's start with uh, you, Stacey. What is the one thing you could not have lived without during the pandemic? And you can't say your own product. Oh, another cheesy answer, but my husband... Um, That's so cute. I agree. Like we had a baby like the very end of 2019. And I mean, he's a partner at a law firm and still just like showed up in such huge ways to like take childcare, support us as a family. Um, when I was working in this startup that really just didn't have the, I don't know, the promise of of success that he sort of had. So, yeah. Love that. Tiffany, how about you? What's the one thing you couldn't live without during the pandemic? Man, well, how do you follow <laughs> that? <laughs> you could say something on the exact opposite spectrum like red wine. I was going to say... <laughs> coffee. Uh, but now my husband is going to hear them say, well, how come you didn't say me? <laughs> Shout out to the husbands. We love you. We couldn't exist without you. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no shade. No shade. Uh, all right. We'll move on to the next question. What is your uh, go-to vice of choice if you had a stressful day? Stacey, again, we'll start with you. Ooh. So as much as I love our mochi ice cream, I'm kind of a salty snack person. Mm. And um, I kind of love sitting on the couch at the end of the day and watching Netflix while eating like just like plain potato chips. Totally fair. I like the salt-sweet sweet combination too. Uh, I know. I was going to say like I am a big salty person also. Um yeah, I can I, sense that about you. You're salty. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, yeah, that's what everybody's <laughs> kidding. Mean, it's not a snack, but I love bacon. It's like has a sauce. Mm. <laughs> that might be my favorite answer ever. That's a great, great, great answer. I love that answer. Um, last question, and we're gonna uh, again start, Stacy, with you. What is your favorite word, and why? And this could be a word that's had real meaning to you over time, or something that just pops into your head for this conversation. I think based on this conversation and some of the work that we have been doing, um, the word resonate has just come up a lot for me. And I think I, as we make decisions, I try really hard to make sure that um, the decisions that we make resonate like within me as like feeling truthful. And I feel like it comes across, or at least I hope it does, um, in allowing our brand to resonate with other people as well. Nice. Tiffany, how about you? I think for me, the word is family. Um, Mm. And I I think being in this business together has brought us closer in a way that I couldn't have imagined. And I think also just – you know, the love and support of our respective families in in kind of us being on this entrepreneurship journey certainly um, is difficult. And the love and support we get from them, it, it means a lot. 
And I also, I think just bringing folks along um, in our family product, it's almost just kind of like adding folks to our extended family. I love that. Um, Well, we are just about out of time. If you could share with us where people can find your amazing products, uh, we'll wrap up there. So our products are available in Walmart, um, Safeway Albertsons, and small specialty retailers around the country. You can certainly go on sweetieicecream.com to find the retailer closest to you. Fantastic. Ladies, thank you so much for being on the show today and sharing uh, your journey, the hardships, the wins, the uh, process, and more importantly, the family that you've built through Sweetie Ice Cream. It's really been a pleasure having you on today. Thank you so much. This was fun. And thanks to everyone who tuned in. Stay tuned for more from Elevate Your Brand coming up next. (music) 